but let's talk about target market because it is a very important um, part of it. It's one of the biggest business issues I find. People, they're lost. Again, it comes down to the mindset because they don't believe they will attract the client they want, but it's they're just lost. They're not sure who is best to target. They're still not sure then like who these people are, what they do, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, what they, you know, there's so much to be involved in and people just don't do the work in this area yeah. to find out. And so what ends up happening is they end up just shooting their arrow willy-nilly and they never hit that target. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business and grow your life. We're back here today with episode 118 and our guest is Moni Homer coming to us from Queensland, Australia. And Moni has a fascinating story to share with us today, a story of business creation and growth. Moni is known as the queen of content creation. She has started 13 successful businesses over the last 23 years. Her most recent, she started just in October of 2020 called Copywriters International, and it's already grown to 16 staff members and beyond. Moni today is going to talk about target markets, business mindset, and very importantly, the reality that we have to work on ourselves and that our mindsets and our beliefs are the main thing that's going to hold us back. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We're excited to be back and we have a special guest with us coming to us from Queensland, Australia. Monty Homer is with us. She is known as the queen of content creation. Mm. She has been in business for herself for over 23 years. And while that's a pretty impressive number, what really got my attention was 13 successful businesses from scratch, usually with no money down. She's got a number one international best-selling book in at least three countries, three different categories called uh, Lockdown Took My Income. Just listen <laughs> to this. We're going to hear more about it. She wrote the book. Last fall, under 24 hours, the start of the pandemic, um, and now she's got this thriving business. We're going to hear so many things about startups and mindsets and income creation and innovation. And I, I'm going to guess we might hear from Monty at some point that she doesn't really like hearing from people about how they can't do it. And they've got <laughs> other things in the way because she's a creator of businesses and wealth and conveying and selling value. So welcome, Mani. Thank you very much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. So Mani, give us uh, not the whole history, we'll pull that out in pieces, but a little bit of the backstory that brings you here today. Well, you know, it all started when I was four. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and the tennis <laughs> shoes were yellow, right? It was a sled. The sled know, no, that was I, a movie, Citizen Kane. And I didn't get that pony that oh, I want. No, no, seriously. <laughs> like, so, look, I mean, I come from an interesting background. Um, I grew up in a family who didn't have a lot of money. 
Um, we lived very poorly. Uh, my parents both worked their backsides off to create some form of life. But um, my father worked nights mostly, so I didn't see a lot of him. But mm. um, my mother did her best trying to raise three girls, but she didn't have the skills and the abilities that she needed to be able to, you know, pass on like life skills to us, like confidence and certainty. And oh, wow. she had anger issues. And so there was a lot of abuse from my mother. Mm. Um, like all kinds of abuse, physical, verbal, uh, you name it. And um, so we actually grew up um, not having any of the, the life skills that you need. Like, you know, I, I didn't know how to fit in. I didn't know how to get along with other people. Um, the fitting in side actually because obviously I was meant to stand out, but that came a lot later. <laughs> you know I mean? But, you know, I didn't have the skills I needed to be able to to get along in society. So this is something that, you know, I've had to teach myself. Like like my businesses and like my business growth, I've had to teach myself exactly how to how to be, how to to fit and what's amazing is this amazing personality that I have now. Um, all self-taught. So it's not like I had a silver spoon or anything in my mouth or like I was given any help from anybody pretty much my entire life. It's like I've done everything pretty much on my own and complete trial and error. Hmm. Well, and you, we could go into a lot of these different businesses, uh, Mani. I find it interesting. You started, uh, is this Copywriters International you started seven months ago? Yes, that's right, yes. So, and you've now got seven, 16 staff members. Uh, yeah, that was last week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so it's growing. It's growing. So I, I share that because this is not just you starting, you know, tiny little micro businesses. You've created businesses and grown them. So let's just give everybody the secret sauce. How do they build a business and grow it? Just you keep going. You just take <laughs> one step and you put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going. and. and you don't give up. You don't quit. You don't stop. You focus. You stay in your lane and you don't listen to what anybody else is saying, um, even though sometimes I'm guilty of doing exactly <laughs> the opposite. But you just you keep going and you keep pushing. You, you have a vision. You have a goal. You have a dream. And you don't let anything get in the way. So, Mani, it sounds like there, I mean, in the people that I talk to, typically I see different inflection points in businesses. And the first one that typically comes up is, okay, I just started my business. Now, how do I get clients? Okay. That's one. And then, okay, I have clients and now I got to get the work done or they get to the point where I have too many clients and I can't get the work done. Now, what do I do? And they're, mm -hmm. they're reticent to hire those other people. sounds like you would have been able to get past both of those things. What are your suggestions for those getting past those hurdles? Okay. So, I mean, obviously having done this for 23 years, I've obviously, <laughs> you know, come across these hurdles many times and and my responses to them have been different based on my my level of knowledge my level of experience mm -hmm. uh, when I first started out I was probably like a lot of startups it's like oh you know you have to do everything yourself and you have to <laughs> like you know oh I can't possibly you know rely on anybody else to do anything because you know only I know what I'm doing but I think as you get older and you realize just you know how much you need other people you sort of like relax on that mm -hmm. and it can still be hard to let go of that control especially when you first started and it's your baby it can be very hard to let go of that control but once you learn the power of outsourcing and actually yes. letting go it's like it's it's just like all of your christmases arrive at once right? <laughs> that's a good <laughs> good expression yeah i like that 
Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the problems that I come across with a lot of business owners I speak to, I mean, like, who hasn't heard the old saying is, oh, staff's the nightmare, staff's terrible. And, you know, I, I think it comes down to, like, what you put in place, the structures that you put in place, where if you just, you know, try to be their best friend, for example, your staff, and they try to, like, just, you know, be mates and then you're probably going to find staff are a nightmare because they will take advantage of that. Yet if you are very, very strict and you set the boundaries right from where it goes, then the people you're going to attract and the people that are going to make it through your conditions, for example, are going to be a lot higher calibre than what they would be if you just, you know, trying to be their best friends. One of That was one of the biggest lessons I learned in that period is the fact mm. that they're not your friends. They're your employees or they're the people there who you hire to do a job. And so that's how I've got around that whole issue with, you know, oh, you know, Joan doesn't do the job very well, but, you know, she's a really nice girl and I really like going out and having drinks with her on a Friday night, so I'm not going to do anything kind of thing. Um, with my writers, for example, I hire writers from all over the world. And, of course, with that comes, you know, certain levels of, like, quality. And so all of my writers are put through a stringent test to start with. They've given a test article before I even take them onto my team. And my thoughts on that is if you can't pass that test, when you know you're being tested, when you know you're being tested and you can't make the cut, then there's no second chances. There's no, yeah. oh, I can do better. No, no you, you had your shot and mm -hmm. you blew it. So out the door. And I think that's what people need to do in business, you know, when they're worried about the quality of staff that they might be getting is they have to stop being their friends and just really push forward and just be tough, be that tough Nazi, if that's the word, you know? Well, let's, let's go back. I, I jumped into the middle of the story. As we're talking about this business, which is copyright, Copywriters International, tell us what the business is about, I think, and how it got started because I think that'll give people some context for this whole discussion. Okay, so it, we, we've grown and we've morphed as we've gone along. Um, we are a blog and article writer. That's what we do. We uh, write blogs and articles, and we do a lot of social media posts for businesses, small and large. Okay, um, we do a little bit of web copy, but our main area is blogs and articles and social media. What we're about is about taking any size business and we're giving them their time back because let's face it, writing blogs and articles and social media posts takes up a lot of time, okay? We're giving them the opportunity to be completely consistent in their business so that they are seen and heard by their ideal target market regularly because let's face it, there's that much noise out there these days and there's so many people jumping on the bandwagon of online business because of the pandemic that you've got to stand out, you've got to be seen and you've got to be heard by your ideal target market because there's choices. They have choices these days. There's not just one or two. There's 15, 20 of you pushing the same thing. So if you're not the one that stands out and makes yourself the authority of the business, they're not going to get to know you, they're not going to like you and they're not going to trust you. Well, I mean, why would they spend their time when somebody else is doing a better job at getting themselves seen and heard? Do you know what I mean? And see, one of the things I've learned is that, you know, until you build that relationship, until you get people to know who you are, to trust you, trust you, then they're not going to buy from you. Simple as that. They just, they won't do it these days. And so that's what we help businesses, small and large, do. Get that consistency, get themselves seen and heard, 
so they're liked, known, and trusted. So how I have to ask the question, Monty. How are you doing that? Because you, by offering that service, there's a few of you out there doing that, let's face it. And over the last year, that the number of people doing that as freelancers or in their own mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. has probably tripled around the world. Mm-hmm. So talk mm-hmm. about how are you standing out? Because that's the, what you're helping your clients do. But how did you stand? I, I think it's fascinating. You're sitting here saying, well, we've grown and morphed in seven months. People talk mm-hmm. about growing and morphing in 10 years. You're doing it in mm-hmm. seven months. So talk a yeah. little bit about how you're creating that high value, high volume opportunity in your own business. Okay. So, I mean, I think it really, really helps my case that I have a number one international bestselling book. <laughs> I think that's a huge, like, you know, like feather in my cap that I've got that. Um, and, you know, I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason and that, you know, what I've what I've discovered is everything over the last ten years that I've learned. I'm now using those skills in this business, which is really quite neat. But what I'm doing is I'm I'm really putting myself out there. Like you know, here I am today on this podcast. You will be my twenty fifth podcast in mm-hmm. a month. Wow. Okay, so I'm going hard. Okay, I'm going hard. I'm focusing. I've got people that are running the like you know the writing side. I've got people running the team side currently. So I'm I'm the podcast girl. I'm the video girl. I'm the content creation girl. I'm the one that's getting um, eight to nine posts on LinkedIn every day. I'm sending out messages. I'm doing everything I can to shake people up and say I'm here. And this is what I'm doing. And this is what you need to do these days. You need to continually put yourself out there as much as you can, put as much content out there, show people, absolutely show people what you can do and the quality that you can bring to their business. And what that's actually doing now is I've actually got people jumping into my boat every day saying, oh, my gosh, you are everywhere. How do we work with you? Gotcha. So, so Monty, the question that's coming up for me is, um, and this may go beyond Copywriters International, I know that a lot of your businesses have been in in some sort of online space, Mm -hmm. that the world is, I keep doing air quotes, gravitating to online space. And, you know, I hear people constantly saying, you have to create online content. Mm -hmm. Whatever you do, whether you're a coach, speaker, consultant, you have to have online programs. Mm-hmm. Talk about how you see online in terms of products and businesses and how they've worked or not worked in your business. Okay, so, I mean, you're right. Like in my 23 years experience, I've probably uh, had online businesses, 20 of those. So I'm probably one of the the first people that are actually online um, as far as like, you know, their full business, uh, places like eBay, um, in New Zealand, where we had our biggest business, was Trade Me, which is the um, New Zealand equivalent of eBay. Uh, that's the where a lot of small businesses that went online to start with actually started, and then actually where we got our start for our tool business, which we actually had for 14 years. Um, we were the first ones in New Zealand to be selling air tools, which you know I'm sure you know what air tools are, but for those who don't, you know when you go to a mechanic shop and you hear the zit zit, mm. you know kind of noise, that's an air tool. So we were the ones, yeah, I'm quite good at that um, description of those. (laughs) Um, And that's what we sold. And because I guess we were the innovators on there, we gained traction very quickly. 
Um, as far as online goes, I mean, it's the way society is heading. And one of the things that I've noticed too is if you ever have a look back at futuristic movies <laughs> like your Back to the Future 2, for example, when he goes into the future, what they were showing, we're experiencing a lot of these days. You know, I mean, even the fact that you guys and I can be talking on this call right now, like 20 years ago, that was a pipe dream. Right. Do you know what I mean? It, was, it wasn't anything that was, you know, what we, we thought, oh, geez, that'd be really, really cool. And five years ago, but, most people yeah. hadn't been doing the Zoom calls. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so, you know, the online space is going to grow. I mean, let's face it, the world is changing. We're being groomed to stay in our houses, not socialise, keep that social distancing. We're being, it's the way the world's going. And so I can see very, um, not to so far in the future, that, you know, more scenes out of things like, you know, Back to the Future. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when he's flying around on his little hoverboard, the streets are empty. There's no people around. There's hardly anyone there. It's like there's a few people in the milk bar, but there's no one around. It's it's quiet. Have you noticed? Hmm. No. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that's where online will continue to grow and it will continually take over bricks and mortar, I believe. It will, mostly, because we won't leave our houses. We'll all be little hermits. Well, I think that that leads to some major social issues. Um, one, people not knowing how to deal with other people, but the other side is the the craving for connection. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think that the, the online retailers and the other people who are creating online communities, there's a tremendous opportunity for, for people to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, definitely. I'm just not sure how it'll fly though, because what I see, and I'm sure it's the same, it's same in the States as well, I see little things coming in all the time that to me um, I find really objectionable to start with. But people just get used to it. I'm talking about, you know, your, your self-serve checkouts at the right. supermarket, you know, where you used to actually be able to have a chat with Mary for like oh, the yeah. five minutes she was putting your groceries through. And now it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. And you're but just Mary's like, too slow for me. Well, that's right. <laughs> See, that's exactly it. You know, I mean, now, now you just get annoyed at the damn machine. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, the five-minute chat you got to have with Mary, you know, and it's like things like, you know, um, you walk up to a McDonald's sometimes over here and there's no, like, person to serve you. It's like... Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, and to me, that's, that. that's, you know, it's extremely impersonal. And as much as I might dislike it, it's being embraced. Hmm. Well, so that's the way it's going to go. From a community building standpoint, I don't know about you, but if I do go out to stores, I don't go out to the store saying, wow, I hope there's a bunch of people there that I can interact <laughs> with. In fact, if I'm shopping, I want fewer people around because that's only going to get in my way. I don't see that as a community connection experience. So I think there's there's a lot less um, impediments to going online from a connection standpoint in terms of the more the bricks and mortar places. Because I think going to be an interesting time the next couple of years. You are well poised, obviously, that money Mm -hmm. because this is the foundation of your business is online and global at this mm-hmm. point. So I have to ask you, Monty, your, your business was called lockdown took my income. And I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm sure there's a few tens of millions of people who said that to so talk about the premise of the book 
because you that created a biz, it launched a business for you. But what was the real message of that book that for the listeners? Look, I think the message of the book was that we really can do anything once we know how. Mm. Like, you know, the, the only thing that actually holds us back, and Craig, here comes your mindset bit that you wanted, is, you know, our thoughts. It's the only thing that actually holds us back. And and whilst my book is not, an, it, it touches on mindset, absolutely, because it's one of the most, you know, vital parts. It, it's actually people don't know how, they don't have the skills to be able to go out and create an income, whereas I do. And I looked at it as it was a way that I could help people get back on their feet. Like, you know, we were just going into the lockdown. We were just um, heading for what I could see was disaster. And there was millions of people losing their jobs around the world. And so I thought I saw it as an opportunity to be able to give back and be able to share with the world the knowledge that I had gained over my 22 years of business experience at that stage. Um, and so that's what motivated me to sit down and write it. I mean, I knew this stuff. I know this stuff like the back of my hand. But what I found interesting was whilst I was writing it, and this stuff was just, it was flowing, obviously, to write it in 24 hours. It was just flowing. Like it was flowing. It's like I'd stop myself and I'm going, yeah, I do do that actually. Do you know what I mean? And so a lot of it was actually unconscious what was actually coming out because it's like it's steps that I took but I wasn't even fully aware that I was taking those steps. Hmm. And so that's what got me to write what I wrote. And, of course, I had this finished book and had no quite idea what I was going to do with it. I had to get it out there, but I did it. Um, And, I mean, do you want me to go through the journey of what happened or because it's, yeah, sure. And I'm, yeah. I'm also interested, how did you do it in 24 hours? Are you an incredible typist or did you speak it or how did that no, happen? I typed it. I typed the whole thing. Um, I just know my stuff. You know what I mean? I know this <laughs> stuff like the back of my well, And I mean, I've got to say, I've got to give kudos to my amazing family because, I mean, at the time, the kids had just entered lockdown. Oh, gosh. Okay, so the kids, I mean, my kids are a little older. I've got like um, a 12 and a half year old going on 30. And I've got, <laughs> <laughs> no, we have 30 year olds going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've got an 11 year old. So they're, they're older children. So therefore they didn't need a lot of supervision. But oh, I, I, I just you. sat down yeah. on a Friday morning um, and I just started writing. And it's like the next day I continued, I went to my room and I just continued writing. And my family was literally feeding food under the door kind of thing. Feeding the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought they only I, did that in Silicon Valley. <laughs> no, and the only time I came out of my room that whole weekend was to, you know, use the bathroom or something like that. It was just like I was just in my room the whole time and it's just wow. had this, you know, little knock on the door and the coffee would come in. <laughs> so, I mean, that's I've awesome. got an amazing family and amazing supportive family, which is always a help. But that's how mm. I wrote it. It's just I knew what I was doing and I knew the steps that they just it just came out. Well, but here's the, here's the thing. Let's get to the core of it. I'm I'm going to guess. I haven't read your book. If I did, I think you talked about nine blue the nine blueprints. Mm-hmm. Nine steps. Yes. Yeah. With all due respect to you, I'm going to guess that I won't see anything new there. So the, Probably not. So the question is, the information is accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference maker? Because that's what we got to figure out here. Because Everybody's got access to information. And yes, there's new ideas. And hopefully every once in a while we come up with a new twist. But the mm-hmm. core is always there. 
Mm. What's the difference for you or what's getting in the way of others? Because that's what we want to help. We want to help people move, help people move forward. Okay, look, it's, it's the same old, same old. It's their mindset. It's their belief systems. It's what they believe they cannot do. What other people think, what other people will say if they make a move, you know, the fear of stepping out of their comfort zone, you know, being safe and secure, you know, and like just getting that good job and just like, you know, working from nine to five, five days a week, even if they hate it to the point where they get the goal watched, you know, because yeah, that's what society. Is, yeah. yeah, but safe and secure isn't safe and secure. No, it's not. It's like, you know, I mean, you put your, you put your life and your, uh, your livelihood, you know, in the hands of somebody else when you yeah. take on a job. Do you know, I mean, to me, being an entrepreneur is like, it's up to me. If it's going to be, it's up to me. And if I don't right. do the do, I'm out and I don't get fed. Well, and within that mindset, let's face it, though, I mean, this, this mindset issue is really deep because mm. to your point, Craig, you said that as if it's true, but it's not true to half the population or more because half the population says, I don't have what it takes to start my own business. I'm too risk averse. You're and right. Yet they go to work every day, not understanding that they're just as much at risk at work, but it's a different kind of risk. It is. But they literally don't, they see this is riskier than that. Mm-hmm. There are certainly differences. So, you know, I guess. Yeah. Good point. What you, yeah. What have you learned about the mindsets? Because, Monty, I, I'm going to guess it's more than you saying to everybody who's listening, hey, just believe you can and you got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I get that's the outcome, but how do they get there? It's, yeah, it's really interesting that you asked me this question because I'm probably one of those classic examples of somebody who didn't grow up with these kinds of skills mm-hmm. like, and had to learn them myself. I can remember back, just like you say, you know, that just believe in yourself. Back in my 20s, um, there was a few people starting to spout the old, oh, if you don't love yourself, no one can love you, you know, just just love yourself and everything will be, you know, amazing. But nobody taught you how. Hmm. And that was the biggest struggle that I found back then is this, as I wanted to love myself, I wanted to have those skills, but A, I didn't know how. B, the information wasn't as accessible as it is today. Yeah. C, there was that whole, you know, thing around what would people say, what would they think if I put my hand up and said, I don't love myself, you know, what would they actually think? They think even worse of me than I thought of myself, you know, and I think, you know, back in my 20s that it, it was a real challenge. It was sort of like a, a really a too hard basket thing. And I think that's still the case for a lot of people today. It's still in the too hard basket, just that whole, you know, mm-hmm. how do you do it? As I grew and had other experiences in my life, I came across people like Tony Robbins. Yep. Um, now, I started with Tony Robbins. I've actually, you can't see it from here, but I've actually got my photo up on the wall there with him. So it's like my little piece that I use. <laughs> but if I can do that, I can do anything. Seriously, that was not easy. <laughs> do you know? Um, but that's more sort of like my, if I get stuck, I go and look at my photo and says, look, you made that happen. You met Tony Robbins. There's the photo. There's the evidence. If you can do that, especially being in Australia, it's, it's harder for me, oh, yeah. you know, to meet Tony Robbins. It's, it's a huge thing to do. But I think as as time grew um, and I started to look for ways because that's what it comes down to. You've got to actually find the path that you need to travel on. And sometimes you even get kicked on that path without even being aware that you're 
being kicked on it you know it's like I mean <laughs> one of the biggest things in my life and one and I've just actually written an article for a magazine on this um one of the biggest you know benefits of my life was when my family kicked me out at 24. Mm. Like at the time, it was the most devastating thing that could ever happen to someone. My dad had just died. Um, mm. You know, my family kicked me out. My ex-husband walked out. Every friend I had in the world, like, left me. Wow. Um, I was left with an online relationship um, with a older man in Canada who, you know, took advantage as well and then sent me on my way. Do you know what I mean? So I had absolutely mm. nothing. And I reached a point where... Um, I was walking across a main road and I seriously could have just stopped and let a car hit me, to be honest. Wow. I reached that point. But there was it was it was a it was a moment in time and it was like, what are you doing? And I kept going. But you know, it's like so I had to build myself up. You know, that turned out to be the best thing ever because it sent me on a different path. You know, it sent me on a completely yeah. different path of discovery. And over the time, you know, finding people like Tony Robbins. Um, setting a goal in 2014 for a hug and a photo um, <laughs> and just being surrounding myself with the right people um, and then getting talked into doing NLP, which was amazing, neuro-linguistic programming. I, like, I actually walked into that course kicking and screaming because I didn't want to be there. It was like <laughs> I, thought, I thought the trainer of that was a complete idiot um, and had no idea what he was talking about, and I knew better, and rah, 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 you know. Um, and just these experiences just come about, like I've managed to get the skills. But the thing is I want to point out is that I had to do it the hard way. I had to do it without any idea on what I was doing. Like people today do not have that excuse because the information is there, it's available, and it's just the way they choose to look at things. I think mindset and gaining confidence and gaining self-esteem and all of that is it's it's just a skill set it's no different to wanting to learn to cook and you go out there and you do a cooking class it's no different to learning how to take photos you yeah. go and do a photography class well getting your mindset sorted these days is no different you just go to the people that can help you do it yep it's so true it's it's a skill set that a lot of people say, wow, I can't do that. You know, let's, let's talk about online marketing. Let's talk about, mm -hmm. you know, actually creating an e-commerce store or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's too difficult because I don't know where to start. And that's mm -hmm. where you get a guide like you mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. can walk them through the process of learning how to do that. And you take the baby steps and you learn mm -hmm. little bits at a time. It's not like having to eat the whole elephant. I'm guessing mm -hmm. that you break it down and you don't have them eat the whole elephant all at once. No, it's just, yeah, just, just, just one tiny, tiny little baby step is yeah. all you need to take. Just, and, and then once you've taken that, then we'll worry about the next one. Exactly. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. 
When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Welcome back. Well, one thing I've heard you say a number of times, Monty, in terms of an action, an action. Because mindset is great, but the question is, what are my actions based upon that mindset? Mm-hmm. You talked about for your clients, getting them out there, and that the key for your business, your newest business, was you being willing to fully get out there everywhere. And I wonder how much of that is a challenge for people because they want to play it safe. They may want to start something, but they, so they get in the start. I'm, I've got this idea, but they're going to play, stay behind the scenes. And they're not mm-hmm. going to take a risk of rejection. And they're not really going to put themselves out there. They're going to dabble around the edges. How much of that is a important part of the mindset turned action in terms of getting a business going? Uh, it's it's vitally important because, I mean, I can tell you that book I wrote last year, it wasn't my first one. In fact, I've written <laughs> three other books before that. And then I've gone, oh, nobody would like that. Delete. Would you believe it? Mm. Honestly, like one of them was like one of them was a novel. I I swear to God, Danielle still would have been jealous. You know, it's like it was brilliant, but I deleted it because I had didn't have self belief and that self worth. (sighs) So I know, I know. It's like, but you know what? I can't change that. What's done is done, and I just have to like learn the lesson from it and move on. Um, But you know, it's like it holds people back so much. That whole putting themselves out there, like you know, being in the spotlight, like reaching out to 28 podcasts and getting on, you know, how many I get on, you know, even doing that kind of thing, that kind of activity, it scares the, the, the living daylights out of most people. And so that's why people who, like, work where I do is like, you know, so I'm the people that you can actually come to to start getting yourself out there before you have the confidence to do it yourself. You know gotcha. what I mean? I mean, like, at the end of the day, the service that I offer to businesses, it's like, so you're going to say, okay, go do it, and I'm going to do it, whether you like it or not, and you won't have any say in it. You're going to start <laughs> getting yourself out there, do you know? So the way I look at, at, at like services like mine is that I'm, I'm something you can do in your small business to get yourself going whilst you go work on your mindset so that hmm. once you're going, you're going to be able to deal with the clients and the customers that are, knocking on your door saying, hey, you're amazing, you know, I want to work with you. So, yeah, but definitely, like, there's so many people. And even in um, the little bit of training I've done with business owners, again, it's not what I love to do because I like go-getters. I like people that are prepared to, you know, step up and take the action because, you know, let's face it, they're much easier to work with as those that sit there around the edges. You know, that's what a lot of people do. They want it. They say they want it. They are happy to learn the steps. They're happy to do the the learning side of it. But when it actually comes to taking that action, that's when they stop and when they stall and when they just end up not doing anything. And that's what I call shelf development rather than self. <laughs> what you call it? Shelf development? Shelf yeah. development. The books stay on the shelf. New, that's a <laughs> new one. That on is shelf. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's not mine. It's not originally mine, but, yeah. you know, it's 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 amazing. So I'm, most people are into shelf development. Yeah, that is so true. I, I do hear exactly what you're saying, and I see that in a lot of my clients. So I, I actually work with a particular marketing tool that I'm 
one of the world experts in and people come to me for that after they've tried it themselves and said, wow, okay, I need some help. And so there I am and there are many other people who can help them get that job done and they don't have to worry about that. They can focus on their part of brilliance, which is the, the actual content and mm-hmm. we build everything mm-hmm. else for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they've still got to want to make that move. You know, a yeah. friend of mine actually, you, you know the old lead a horse to water thing, right. that's, that's one level. A good friend of mine actually gave me another analogy of it at one stage. She said that you can have a horse that knows it's hungry. It knows it's hungry and it knows that what you've got will fix that hunger. It will take the hunger away. And you can give the horse that grass or that hay or whatever it is, but the horse is still going to choose to eat it. Mm. Yep. And that's what it comes down to is like the horse can know that's what's going to fix the problem, but the horse is still going to choose to fix the problem, basically. Now, when when you're looking at new businesses, one of the things that I see a lot is that people are having an issue of figuring out who they're serving. Do you see that as a as an ongoing thing? As a to me, that's one of the first steps. You got to figure out who you're serving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you see that same yes, thing? It is one, yes, it is one of the first steps. I think what my first step is before we even get into that is like working out what you're passionate about because yes. at the end of okay. the day, you've got to be passionate. True. But let's talk about target market because it is a very important um, part of it. It's actually, I'm actually doing a live video on Friday on my LinkedIn on target market actually because it's one of the biggest business issues I find. People, they're lost. They, again, it comes down to the mindset because they don't believe they will attract the client they want, but it's they're just lost. They're not sure who is best to target. They've got no real idea. If If they do choose something, which is what it normally comes down to, is like, you know, okay, so if you've got three choices, pick one. Pick the one that resonates with you the most, you know, and run with that. They're still not sure then, like, who these people are, what they do, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, what they, you know, there's so much to be involved in and people just don't do the work in this area to find out. And so what ends up happening is they end up just shooting their arrow willy-nilly and they never hit that target. Guilty. I've done that many times. and I, I have coached yep. people on focus, 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 niche focus. And mm-hmm. yet, who do I try to target to? Everybody. Because Absolutely. it seems obvious that the fewer people that you target, the fewer people you are going to buy. But it's exactly the opposite because your, exactly your message is so much more on point. Absolutely, it is. You know, and I mean, like at the end of the day, let's take, for example, let, let's say Jeff's into football. Okay. All right. You're into football right now. Okay. All right. And, <laughs> wait, and wait. Well, that's okay. But we, which version are we talking about? We're talking about the true version, which involves a soccer ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm honest <laughs> well, look, about that. I know which came first. <laughs> okay. Well, look, I'll, let, I'll let you choose. So you tell me which one are you into? Jeff likes baseball. <laughs> baseball? Let's go baseball. Baseball's fine. That works fine for this this metaphor. Okay, so so you're right into baseball. Okay, baseball apart from your family and your friends is your life. Okay, you love baseball. Okay, are you going to be interested in ballerina ads? <laughs> uh, no. So, okay. no. So if if I no. wanted to attract you as my client as a huge baseball fan, okay, and and I presented like you know a ballerina with a baseball, would that be 
Would that help? That would just be confusing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, but as my client, you know, as as a customer I want to do a track, if I was like full on like, you know, check out this amazing baseball throw and that kind of thing, would that grab your attention? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I can take, take your business just like this baseball and I can get it into a home run or something along those lines. Do you know what I right. mean? Like, would that grab you? Of course, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's what the thing is with the target market. Not only do you have to be absolutely crystal clear on who you're going to go for, you've got to make sure you know that person inside and out. Yep. And people just do not do the work in this area. True. You've got to marinate your head in their, in their world. Yeah, exactly. Or they, they think that they... You know, they they know better. They know what to attract. There's been one or two businesses that I've done where I've actually been surprised. I've been going for a certain target, but I've been attracting something different. Yep. Yeah. And this just happened recently, just in Copywriters International, actually. I was focusing on women and those kinds of businesses, yet all of my clients, all my big clients are men. And so I've suddenly stopped doing the ballerina ads. <laughs> <laughs> it's all baseball now, huh? It's all baseball now. You know, but it's interesting, isn't it? How like even someone as established as I am can find that, sure. you know, yeah. But so. that's, that's where it comes back to testing. Marketing is mm. testing. It is. And if you believe that you're going to jump out into the marketplace and know exactly what your customer wants without talking to them, mm-hmm. you're full of it. Mm. Absolutely. And when it comes to that testing as well, like, you know, as you say, not everything's going to work, but the ones that make it, the ones that survive, and this is a really important point for many people to realise, is the ones that say, okay, well, that didn't work. What's next? Not the ones that go, oh, it didn't work. I'm a failure. I'm just going to go back to my job. Do you know I mean? That's the difference. Those that survive are those that are prepared to, you know, do something else. And then if that doesn't work, you do something else. And you keep going until you find the the baseball people. So, Manny, let me ask you the question. I know a lot of people listening are going to be pondering because I hear it a lot. You opened up today. One of the first things you said was it's critical to never quit. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about sometimes things don't work and we've got to try the next thing. And the reality is sometimes people lose because they didn't adjust and they kept mm-hmm. going down a road and they were listening to that advice of don't quit. So how do you go about discerning (laughs) when have I quit versus when is it a good time to make a shift? Okay. All right. So I think it's never a good time to quit. Okay. Like at the end of the day, it's those that quit, those are the ones that don't make it. Okay. The difference between when you quit on something completely and you make a shift, really, in reality, when you make a shift, you are quitting on something. You're quitting on the way you were doing it previously. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. So, so I mean, like, when you say quit, I mean, like, give up, like, go sit in the corner, like, start rocking backwards and forwards and, like, you know, crying your suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never going there again. Uh-uh, not doing it. But I, I suppose whenever you do do something different in a way, you're quitting on what didn't work. So that's what I feel that you need to do. You just need to continue just, you know, looking for that next thing, looking for that next thing and continuing to go until you find the answer. So it it sounds like what you're saying then is we're quitting on that particular way of getting there, not 
giving up on the overall goal. It's just, a, Absolutely. I, it's, it's like Edison said, I found 10,000 ways not to create the light bulb. Absolutely. How many, how many banks did Walt Disney go to? Did he ever give what? up on the dream? Huh. No, he never gave right. up on the dream. He Great never gave point. up on the vision. Yep. Okay. And, 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 and a lot of people give up on that vision. That's what it is. They give up yeah. on the vision. They go back to the jobs. And then they wake up one day at 90 and they go, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish that wow, I'd done so this true. or I'd done that. We don't want you know, to live I mean, a life like, of regret. You know, yeah. Like even like, I mean, of course, I'm only 21 this year, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> like I won't go, I mean, I, I'm, I'm approaching a large middle number in about a year and a half. And even I, with everything that I've achieved and everything that I've done, I still look back and go, oh, my gosh, I haven't done enough of that. I haven't done enough of that. And I haven't done enough of that. So, I mean, even with everything I've achieved, there's still things that I'm to do. So it just puts you into focus of like, okay, so I've got to keep going and I've got to keep doing this. There's no point looking behind. Is is there a place, though, where you, I mean, I'm talking Mani here, can mm -hmm. can be happy with herself? I always now. have to keep going. No, I'm happy now. I'm awesome. happy with every. I'm happy with every level that I reach. I haven't been for many, many years. I mm -hmm. haven't been like you know. It took me forty years to get my head right. Okay. It took me forty-five years even to get my head right coming from where I was because I didn't yeah. know how beforehand. I didn't know the answers. NLP mm -hmm. was the answer for me for me to get my head right. Wow. So good thing I you weren't kept happy. kicking and screaming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you know, you know, it, it's like. Since I just once I discovered it worked, once I discovered that worked, I couldn't get enough. Wow. It was like feed me, feed me, feed me. You know, I yeah. couldn't get enough of it. And even today, if like I come across a block, I've now got the skills where I can actually say, you know what? What is this? What's happening? And I can I can nut it out myself and move mm. on from. It. Okay, but um, so it took me such a long time to actually get those skills. But you know, I'm happy. I'm absolutely happy with everything that's in my life right at awesome. this moment okay however i'm still going to go for more <laughs> good yeah so, so you bring up a really interesting point point here Monty. um i don't think we've highlighted we've touched on what i'm hearing you say is the biggest thing for you was working on you mm. and there's a lot of things you have these skills and blueprints and all that but none of that that all was ba the foundation was you being willing to do the work on yourself mm -hmm. and to dig into that. You found NLP and you talk about removing blocks, but you're doing inside work. And Craig and I talk about that regularly to business owners. You got to work on you first. And yeah. so many people just want to work on outside things. Give me a better mm -hmm. strategy. Give me better tactics. Mm -hmm. Give me a better team. Mm -hmm. All this out here because I'm good. Yeah. And I look and go, yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah. is it, how true is that for you? And what would be your message to the people who are listening about doing the work on themselves, the inside work? Look, if like, I mean, we could talk about this for hours, guys, seriously. I mean, I've, I've got so many self-sabotage stories from my past that I've done really dumb things because I unconsciously didn't even know that I had these issues. And that is, Three quarters of the problem is that most yeah. people do not even realize that they have these blocks and they have these things stopping them. But it's like it's about looking inside of, inside of you. If you've ever self-sabotaged, okay, if you've ever said, oh, 
that's not good enough. Nobody will like that. If you've ever held yourself back from putting something out because you didn't think it would be accepted by others, if you've ever gone into a business meeting or a social situation where you've gone, oh, I wonder if they like me, anything like this, this is all inner work that you need to do on yourself. This yes. is all the signals that you're getting from your unconscious mind that you have not got it, you know, that the, the strategy is not going to work for you, the outside strategy is not going to work for you, the marketing campaign is not going to work for you because so you haven't done what you need to fix what's broken inside of you. And I say broken because it is. Whether people say, oh, you know, I'm not broken, it's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm not a multimillionaire either. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, they, it is. Whether they like that word or not, and it's just a word, by the way, it's just a word, whether they like that or not, it's the truth. I was broken for years. I was so broken for years. And I didn't know hmm. I was broken. I didn't wow. really, because I didn't know anything else. And that's what's so important here is that a lot of people are not aware. Awareness is the first step to healing it. Yeah. But a lot of people are not aware that they're broken in these ways. I so mean, you help give them sisters, perspective. That's it. My two sisters are a classic example. I'm completely estranged from both of my sisters still no. to this day. Do you know, it's like we've, we've had interactions over the years. There's been healings and then there's been breakups again because they, they're just still stuck. They're still stuck mm. in that get people before they get you and, like, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, and hurt others before you get hurt. Wow. Uh, and so, well, my mum died only two years ago now. I haven't spoken to them since the day my mum died because I did what I had to do on that day and then I cut. No, and it's because they haven't learned. They haven't. They they didn't get the chance to walk along that path. Yeah, that path they put me on, which is ironic, when they kicked me out. But they didn't get. They haven't had the chance. And I have held my hand out. Yet they won't take it. Wow, wow, that inner work is so important. It's it's what we. One of the ways that we say it is, you can't grow a business bigger than you. No, and you have to keep growing in order for your business to keep growing. If you're not, if you're not in there working on yourself, things aren't going to manifest on the outside. Mm, exactly. That's right. It, it's, it's so important. I mean, when they, you hear people talk about the glass ceiling, mm. but the only glass ceiling there actually is is in here in their mind. Mm. Well, you are certainly someone who is living the idea of do your own work. Yeah. Go, go, Go to the dark places, the scary, uncertain places, the broken places, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and achieving that. And, you know, Craig was talking about you can't grow a business bigger than you. Well, you're proving that in that you're growing multiple businesses and continue to grow and thrive uh, despite so-called challenging times. It's a great message, uh, and especially that sort of wrap-up talk about how vital it is for people to do the work on themselves. That what I took away from that is the best strategies, tactics, idea, services, products in the world are not going to work if you're in your own way. Uh, so, so thank you for bringing that money. Thanks for all these great ideas, great wisdom. Uh, we always want to make sure our guests have an opportunity to promote anything going on for you. So what is that for you or Copywriters International? Okay, so, I mean, I got to explain earlier pretty much how we can sort of like be the way you can 
push yourself out there before mm. you've done the inner work. Um, it's sort of like I, I consider what we do is like a bit of a, a workaround, not the permanent one because you must work on your mindset, but just for now, just for now. <laughs> until you, go, you know what I Stepping mean? Stepping stone. So, yeah, if you want to get out there, if you want to be seen as the authority in your industry, if you want to be seen and heard by your audience so that, you know, they learn to know you, like you and trust you, so then they'll buy, then reach out to us because we're the ones that can help push your business above the noise and start attracting that ideal client whilst you work on your mind and your mindset mm. so that, when it all comes to fruition, you're ready and you're ready to fire and you start turning those hot, hot leads that we get you into paying clients. Love that. And so we'll we'll share that with everyone. What's the best way for people to connect with you, Mani? Okay, so I am a LinkedIn junkie. I love my LinkedIn. Okay, all right. So come you're a leadership junkie. Ah, that too. I'm a bit of a junkie on everything. Oh, several things. But LinkedIn has become like my second home. So come and link, come and connect to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also contact us through copywritersinternational.com as well. Um, and they're probably the best two ways. If I'm not on the website, I'm on LinkedIn or All sleeping. Right. Well, and, and we always wrap up with a couple questions. First question for you, Mani, is uh, what is that one book? I'm sure you read and you write your own books, but what's the one book? that people need to pick up and consume? Four agreements. <laughs> the four agreements. I absolutely Don Miguel love Ruiz. It. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's the book that started the journey for me, and would you believe it's the book that, well, through lots of grumbles, I got my 12-year-old to read over the last, last school holidays, and it was interesting. He went from, oh, mum, this is all history stuff, and, oh, mum, now they're talking about God, and, oh, mum, and then, silence because and all of a sudden he got to the end of chapter one it was like wow <laughs> well, you know Mana, you're talking crazy talk now because that's not a business book yeah <laughs> it's not but it is the book that will change your life yes that's that's a wonderful is he yes wonderful wonderful so thank you for that i don't think anybody's mentioned that yet so that's a little surprising to me so good for you in discussions but not not as the Final book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other question, one of my favorites is, so if you could speak to, let's say dinner, you're going to have dinner with any living person. Who are you having dinner with? And what's the one question you're going to make sure to ask them? Okay. So I'm going to go back to my friend, Tony, Tony Robbins. I mean, he's still, to me, the king of it all. Um, and I think of the question I would ask him is, is what do I not yet know? Hmm. You went right to the jugular. Good for you. <laughs> oh, hey, if you've got like, you know, if you've got limited time with a guy like that, you do. You go straight for the jugular. That's right. That's right. Well, Monty, thank you. Thank you for bringing all this to our listeners and to Craig and I. And uh, thank you for, I really appreciate you sharing so openly your journey. And uh, thanks for what the work you're doing to create the value in the world. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's an absolute pleasure to be able to share my journey so that I can help uplift others. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. 
I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.